We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome everyone into another episode of the Music City Audible presented by Broadway Sports Media partnered with 440 Sports. Check out broadwaysportsmedia.com. Happy New Year's everyone. I'm your host Justin Graver and with me as always is Justin Mello coming to you on New Year's Day but we're recording this on Wednesday December 30th. So we will get into this game here. We're not talking about the Packers, just like the Titans. We're going to flush this game and move on. Do you have anything you want to say really quick about this awful debacle in Green Bay before we dive into this week? <laughs> not really. I think like the team, uh, like the team, it's better that we just move on and, and, and flush that one from the memory box. If you really want to read about it, you should check out Gridiron Grades on BroadwaySportsMedia.com, written by Justin Mello. Recaps pretty much the whole game, position by position and uh, really shines light on how poorly the team played. I really think it was a case of not being ready for the snow and also getting out coached by an opponent who knows your system very well. I think the Green Bay defense looked very prepared for pretty much everything Tennessee wanted to do. So just have to learn from it, flush it and move forward because that was despicable, but it's not really representative of the Titans team as a whole. Obviously they're a 10 and five team with a chance to go to the playoffs that's what we're going to talk about. The chances to get into the postseason. All they have to do is win at Houston week 17. So we're going to preview that game. Te- Texans, Titans, the rematch. Obviously, the last one went into overtime. 42-36 Titans win. But this one just seems like one team is really ready to hit the offseason and the other team is gearing up for a playoff run. How does Houston possibly have a stand a chance to win this game? I mean, the thing is, look, they played each other obviously once already this season, and it was closer than anyone would like to admit. I feel like a lot of people uh, have already forgotten about that game. Titans won it 42 36 uh, in overtime. You know, of course, the Texans were a little healthier then. They had Will Fuller, uh, they had Kenny Stills, and, and you know, and they, they had their full array of weapons from what I recall. Uh, and they put up points on this Titans defense. I mean, who hasn't this season, right? Very, very few teams have it the Lions and the Jags. Uh, and the Bears. But it's my opinion that the Texans are going to put up points once again. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson, you know, he's obviously playing this week. It looked like for a second there that he wasn't going to be ready to go, but he said himself that he's going to play. And again, I know they're, you know, 4-11. and 11. They're not a good football team. Uh, they've had their struggles. They've lost a lot of games. But I still think Deshaun Watson is going to put up points on this Titans defense. So, so that's how they win. Uh, I don't think that they will win. But you're asking me, how do they do it? Well, that's how they do it. They put up 36 points again, like they did in the first meeting. And again, it took the Titans overtime to win that one. That was that was a bit of a scary one. And Derrick Henry ran wild, and, and that's why they won that game. But uh, this, there's a chance that this is going to be a little bit closer than people may think. I agree. And Titans are dealing with some special teams issues we should definitely touch on here. Brett Kern and Steven Guskowski both on the COVID list. It seems like Guskowski may have tested positive while – Kern, as reported by you, was more of just a close contact situation. What do you know about this? Yeah, I mean, well, A to Z Sports reported that uh, Guskowski had tested positive. So that's, you know, that's that's their report. Um, I was able to report yesterday um, after speaking to a source that Brett Kern 
uh, has not tested positive and it's just uh, a close contact situation. Now you can put two and two together. My, of course, my source did not reveal that Guskowski was that uh, close contact, but again, A to Z reporting that he uh, Guskowski did test positive. It would absolutely make sense that uh, you know Kern's close contact, uh, and, and, as, and that's why, right? That that Kern is a close contact. So uh, so far, he has not tested positive. Of course, that could change, as you may remember from the first debacle uh, when the Titans had their outbreak way back in October. Uh, that that could change. You know, every day he's going to be getting tested, the, the PCR tests, uh, and hopefully he continues to test negative. I am told that he's feeling fine uh, up until now. He's got no symptoms and, and really no reason to believe that he's going to test positive. Uh, but but as of now, it's, it's a close contact situation. So is he still eligible to play in this game on Sunday? It really depends on the timing, right, uh, of when they deemed him a close contact. Was it yesterday? Was it the day before? To my knowledge, it's going to be cutting it. Uh, super, super close. Uh, John Glennon, Mike, you know, Mike Herndon, they've done a great job with the whole protocols. I'll be honest, I haven't been super into all that. You know, when can a guy return? I think it's five days straight of, of negative testing if it's just a close contact or at least 10 days maximum if he's a positive test. So it sounds like depending on when Kern went on that list or when they deemed him a close contact, it's going to come right down to the wire. I think you're looking at a Saturday, Sunday situation, whether he's ruled in or out. Well, that's definitely one to track because we saw what happened last time Trevor Daniel had to punt for the Tennessee. And you would hate for something like a playoff chance to be stripped away by a poor special teams play. I mean, that would just be brutal. And I I got a thought on that because I agree. Of course, no one's looking forward to going into this game potentially uh, with Sam Sloman at kicker and Trevor Daniel at punter. Um, But if the Titans lose this game, a must-win division game, to, to, to clinch the AFC South for the first time since 2008, to get into the playoffs against a 4-11 team, if they lose this game because of a missed kick or because of, of a punt, then to me they've got bigger issues and the game didn't go the way that it should have. Yes, I definitely agree with that. We talk about Houston. We're looking at the team that is, according to DVOA, Houston is 24th overall, 13th on offense, so pretty decent offensively. 30th on defense. If you go deeper and look at their defense, 29th in pass D defense DVOA, 30th in rush D DVOA. They got obliterated by, well, they didn't get obliterated, but the defense got obliterated by Cincinnati Bengals last week, 37 to 31. Teams lost four straight now. And JJ Watt is not happy. I don't know if you saw this post game press conference. JJ Watt getting all mad about how it's not fair to the fans for them to come out and lose every single week. Like, yeah, no, it's not JJ White. You guys got to be better, but they're not better. And there's a reason they've been losing all these games. So I don't think JJ Watts got a, a little following going with Diana Rossini saying that his speech could have a big impact on the way the Texans play on Sunday. What are your thoughts on that comment? Yeah, I thought that was kind of ridiculous <laughs> by Diana Rossini. <laughs> saying that, oh, the Texans are fired up and Watt gave this speech and, and they could end Tennessee's season on Sunday. I mean, they're 4-11 and 11 for a reason. Um, I'm a, if J.J. Watt, if all it took for the Texans to start playing great football was for J.J. Watt to give this epic, movie-like, you know, scripted speech, then he should have done it when they were 0-5 or 0-4 or whatever they started the season. Uh, so I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to come out fired up. Let's be honest. I, I'd be shocked if not more than half that locker room um, already had their off-season plans and was really looking forward to getting some time off and probably taking some vacations. Even in the age of COVID, I'm sure a couple of those guys are, are going to go away and take vacations to tropical islands. Like 
There, there's no way that this team I, – I'd be shocked if the team is fired up to play on Sunday. They're just, they just lost to the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals who – you know, I, was that the Bengals' first win without Joe Burr? No, it was their second. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Yeah, they beat Pittsburgh. So, I mean, but Cincinnati, they've like, not been playing good football, right, since Joe Burrow went down. So the Texans to lose that game 37-31 to 31 to a – I think it's a third-string quarterback now Cincinnati's on. They've switched – Brandon the Allen played. Burrow. No, Brandon Allen was the starter, actually, that game. Well, not the starter. Joe Burrow was the starter. But, yeah, Brandon that, Allen. Yeah, I guess, sorry. Yeah, yeah Brandon, Brandon Allen was the, the second-string guy. They had made a change to a third string. I guess they went back to the second string. But still, I mean, they don't have Joe Mixon. They don't have Joe Burrow. Their offensive line is banged up. It's not good to begin with. Uh, they didn't have Tyler Boyd, I believe, was out on Sunday. Like, they're just for, – for the Texans to lose that game and allow 37 points, I mean, this Titans offense should score at will. Yeah, Brandon Allen, 371 passing yards and two touchdowns. He led passers in passing yardage this weekend. Samaj P. Ryan, 13 carries for 95 yards and two touchdowns, 7.3 yards per carry. Giovanni Bernard added 65 yards on 16 carries, 4.1 yards per carry. The Texans defense right now is just awful, but their offense continues to put up points. I mean, Deshaun Watson averaged 9.8 yards per attempt, 324 passing yards, three touchdowns. David Johnson had 128 yards on just 12 carries and a touchdown. And Brandon Cooks, 141 yards and a touchdown on seven catches. So, the I mean, we know the Bengals offense – isn't good, but they put up 37 points. We know the Bengals' defense isn't that good either. They allowed the Houston to put up 31. Just one game, obviously. This was last weekend. But I do think that the the whole J.J. Watt and passion speech nonsense could affect them on, like, the first play of the game. And then, because that's when you, like, get the last chance to be in a huddle and get hyped up. And you come out on one play and you're super hyped up. And then the ref spots the ball and you're getting the defensive call in the huddle and you have to like worry about where you're lined up and what the other team's about to do and all that fire. I mean, you don't have a chance to like just stay fight. It's not how being a human person works. It's just being fired up for an entire 60 minute football game. So I agree. I, don't, I think it's kind of nonsensical to say that that's going to be the difference, whether or not Houston comes out and wins. Like that's not to say Houston can't come out and win in this game, but if they do, it's not going to be because of a JJ Watt speech. Derek Henry, Brian Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, you wrote about this in the Broadway gridiron grades for Broadway, but they really hampered their chances of hitting 4,000 passing yards for Tannehill, 2,000 rushing yards for Henry, and 1,000 each for Corey Davis and A.J. Brown against Green Bay to the point where now do you think any of those four things are going to happen? Tannehill is not going to hit 4,000. You know, that's, I, I think that's pretty pretty – pretty certain i think he needs about 397 yards or something like that to hit it so that's not going to happen that is correct uh, I, sorry that is a correct number 397 yeah, 397 um i do think one of the receivers gets to a thousand at least one of them because they're not far off what aj brown needs about about 76 yards and Corey needs 55 i think almost with certainty that one of them at least one of them is going to hit a thousand I think if, if two things are to happen this weekend, actually, I think the better, the best chance is that both the receivers hit a thousand. Cause I think that's within reach. Derrick Henry, 223. I know everyone wants to see him get it. I know the Houston Texans run defense is abysmal. I wouldn't say it's impossible given how bad Houston's defense is. And the fact that I do think Tennessee is going to put up a lot of points in this game. I do think it's possible, but I don't think ultimately he hits it. I think maybe he gets to 160, 170, but 220, that, that's tough, 225. I think that would be a season high for him. 
um, if he were to hit that. I know he had 215 in a game earlier, uh, just a few weeks ago, but 225, I mean, that, that's a lot of yards. That is a lot of yards. And even though he's run for over 200 against Houston two games in a row, getting to 223 is going to be really tough. I think it would have to take like a commitment from the Tennessee coaching staff, like offensive staff and Mike Vrabel to say, we want Henry to hit 2000 yards. And so they just keep feeding him and feeding him. That's to me, the only way it happens, but the more likely scenario is in the fourth quarter when Tennessee's beaten Houston as bad as they were beating Detroit in the fourth quarter, they're going to say here, Darrington Evans, go finish off this game so we can rest Henry for the playoffs. Like that's just how it's going to go. Yeah, there's no way that Mike Rabel, in my opinion, is going to prioritize getting Derrick Henry to 2,000 yards in this game. There's no way Rabel's going to put a priority on that. Now, I think if you remember last week, or last week, remember last season, week 17 against Houston, same thing. Derrick needed a certain amount of yards uh, to, reach a, to reach a milestone, which I believe was just to take the lead in rushing for the season. Rabel went on the sideline and told him, hey, you get one carry or you get two carries. And he broke off that big touchdown run and, and did it on the first carry. And the O-line was all into it and they knew it. I think there's a chance, again, where, where if Derek's close enough, maybe Vrabel gives him a chance. But there's no way he's going to prioritize getting Derek to 2K. Prioritizing getting Derek to 2K in this game probably means, you know, that it takes 25, 30 carries. As the Titans right. are up big, why would you give Derek Henry 25, 30 carries? Right? I mean, knowing that you have a playoff game next week. Why would you run him into the ground from a team perspective just to get him to 2K when you've got a playoff uh, a playoff game next week and you're trying to make a run here? Exactly, and that's why ultimately, like you said, it probably doesn't happen. If I had to guess, I'd say Corey Davis hits 1,000 yards because they, they seem to alternate games, and even though it was a down week for both of them, it was still way more of an A.J. Brown week. I Corey Davis had one target, I think, so... I think Corey Davis gets 55 receiving yards. He always seems to play well against Houston too. That's going to be an interesting stat to track is which receiver gets there first. If they both get there, whether or not either of them get there, but yes, I don't think Tannehill approaches 4,000 because there's no reason for the Titans to throw enough for him to hit 397 passing yards. That's going to be just the way this game. I mean, I really think like, Going into the Green Bay game, I had confidence in Tennessee, but I also had the expectation that the Green Bay offense was going to shred the Titans' defense, and they did that. Going into this Houston game, I feel a lot closer to how I felt before the Lions game, where it was like, I expect Tennessee to take care of business and do what they have to do to beat a bad team that will give them trouble in certain areas, but not the kind of trouble that a Green Bay gave them in the snow last week. You know what I mean? And I agree. I ultimately agree. I do think the Texans are going to score some points in this game, but I think the Titans score at will. I don't think the Texans are going to come out and look like Detroit and lose, you know, 40 to seven or anything like that. Especially if Deshaun Watson plays, I don't see them having that much struggle or that much trouble on offense. But I do think the Titans can just score on, you know, every possession or every other possession. I think ultimately this game is like 41-27 for the Titans. Yeah, I, that's that's where I would go to. 42 to 28 was going to be my prediction, actually. So I like your 41-27 there, point shaving. Um, let's talk about where the Titans could finish, depending on how this game shakes out, because there are a number of scenarios where Tennessee could either make the playoffs or miss the playoffs based on how the entire weekend unfolds. So obviously, if they beat the Texans, they are in the playoffs. No ifs, ands, or buts. They will be locked in to the four-seed if they beat 
the Texans this weekend. However, if they lose to the Texans, how do they still make the playoffs? Well, there are a number of scenarios. There are one, two, three, four, five, six scenarios where they could lose to Houston and still make the playoffs. One of those has Miami, I think, has to lose. No, they don't have to lose. One of them, they have to lose. In one of them, Cincinnati has to beat Baltimore, which seems unlikely. Jacksonville could beat Indy. That would help Tennessee make it with a loss. Um, the, the situations are quite confusing because there's one scenario where Cleveland can win and Miami can win, but if Baltimore loses to Cincinnati, Tennessee's still in. There's another situation where Miami can win and Baltimore can win, but if Cleveland loses to Pittsburgh, the Tennessee Titans make it. Or if, if Miami loses to Buffalo, t- Tennessee makes it. If Baltimore loses to Cincy, Tennessee makes it. So if one of those things happen, or if Indy loses to Jacksonville, if one of those things happen or more, Tennessee can make the playoffs. There's only two scenarios this weekend where Tennessee cannot make the playoffs, and that's if Miami, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Houston all win their games or Miami, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Houston, and Indy all win their games. So the, is, this, is, is this too confusing? Does this make sense? There's a I lot that could go down. I think <laughs> you're going to confuse our listeners quite a bit with that rant that you just went on. But what I'm going to say is, from what I understand from the odd makers, even if the Titans lose – um, they're still giving them an 80% chance of making the playoffs. And another thing that's worth monitoring, if you don't want to get into all the math and all the scenarios, uh, you can just follow along on Twitter because there's actually a chance, because of some of those games that you mentioned kick off at 1 p.m., there is actually a chance that by the time the Titans kick off uh, at 3.30 uh, Central Time, uh, they will already be in the playoffs. They will already know that they have qualified for the playoffs by the time their game even kicks off. Now, that doesn't mean that they've won the division, but it, do, it could mean that they've already guaranteed a wild card spot. So it doesn't mean they should take the Texans lightly and rest players. I think the goal, even with limited capacity, the goal should definitely be to win the division and host a home playoff game for the first time in 12 years. But it is interesting that by the time they kick off, they may potentially know, hey, we're already in. Right. Agree. So there's 32 different scenarios the way that these things could shake out based on the Miami at Buffalo game, Pittsburgh at Cleveland game, Baltimore at Cincinnati game, Tennessee at Houston game, Jacksonville at Indy game. Based on all those games, there's 32 different scenarios. Shelly Lobaton on Twitter, at Shelly Lobaton, tweeted this out where he counted through all the scenarios to see what could happen, who Tennessee would face in the first round, and what kind of potential they have to miss the playoffs based on these scenarios. They face Miami in 14 of the 32, 43%, Baltimore in six, Cleveland in three, Buffalo in three, Indianapolis in two, that'd be fun, Pittsburgh in two, and miss the playoffs altogether in two of the scenarios. So the most likely thing that could happen this weekend is facing Miami or Baltimore. That's not the worst first-round matchup for the Tennessee Titans. I think they match up well with both of those teams, especially – if Miami insists on playing Tua and getting him some postseason experience, I think Tennessee, you're looking at a team that has a really good chance to advance to the second round of the playoffs if they face Miami or Baltimore. I know Baltimore is playing at a really high level right now. I just think the Titans match up well, and they know how to take away what Baltimore loves to do. So those are pretty good matchups to me. What do you think? You know, the Baltimore matchup, I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, of course, I agree. They beat him in the playoffs. They beat him again in the regular season this year. It took overtime to do it. But 
um, you know, they, they got their win again. You, you thought, you know, sometimes, oh, you know, Baltimore's going to get their revenge. They lost that playoff game. That didn't happen, right? They've lost both games. With that said, I mean, maybe I'm just a pessimist, but beating them three times in a row, pretty much in a calendar year, um, the Baltimore Ravens are playing really good football right now. Really good football. Lamar Jackson, over the last few weeks, has looked excellent. He's, he's kind of regained that MVP form that we saw from the year before. Um, I would prefer to avoid that matchup. I'll be honest with you. I, I really would with the way they're playing and with the fact that the Titans have beat them twice, two games in a row. I, I would much prefer Miami. I think Miami would be an excellent matchup for this Titans team. Um, again, I, and I agree, especially if Tua's the starter. The way Tua's playing right now, I just don't see a scenario where he comes in and carves up this Titans defense. As bad as this defense is, I'd like to believe I, I don't think Tua would come in and just carve them up um, through the air. Fitzpatrick might. I think Fitzpatrick's fully capable of carving them up. But I do think that Miami matchup would be a very ideal one for Tennessee and give them their best chance of getting to the next round. And, and that's where things can really start to get exciting. And you didn't even mention the Ryan Tannehill connection there, the revenge game aspect of playing right. against Miami. I think that the storylines write themselves, and that's how the NFL would probably prefer it to go down too. So, like I said, 46% of the scenarios see the Titans playing the Dolphins by far the most Thanks to Shelly for doing the math on all that. I got nothing else before this game. I think the Titans are going to smash the Texans, like I said. I mean, I know the Texans offense is going to put up points, but I think it's going to be like the Lions game where the Lions put up points for a little bit and they just couldn't hang with the Titans. I think it's going to be a very similar game flow as what we saw that day. Yeah, I agree. Again, I do think the Texans put up a a couple more points than the Lions did, but I do think ultimately Titans win this game or at least it's a little bit closer than that Titans-Lions game was uh, down the stretch when Titans really, really ran away with it. Um, I believe in the third quarter it was. But uh, I do think the Titans win this game something like 41 or 42 to 27. Uh, again, I do think Deshaun puts up points, moves the ball through the air, but Titans offense will be too much for them for, for what's just a horrid uh, Texans defense. Titans win 42-27, win the AFC South for the first time since 2008. Um, I was 18 years old then, not to give away my age, but I was 18 the last time the Titans won the AFC South. So uh, it'll, I'll be 30 the next time they do it on Sunday. Uh, and, and you know what? Just a quick message to Titans fans who I'm sure uh, are really down on this team right now. That Packers game was an absolute embarrassment. It was a debacle. If you read Gridiron Grades, I did not go lightly on them. They, they, didn't, deserve, uh, <laughs> they didn't deserve that. Uh, to be taken lightly or, or, or to make light of the situation. They were terrible in that game and they deserve every bit of criticism that anyone throws their way right now. With that said, they are 10 and 5. Uh, first time they've won double digit games in a very long time in the regular season. They're going to win 11. They're going to win the AFC South. And that should have you excited. The goal coming in was to win the division for the first time since 2008. And yes, it's been a bit of a roller coaster in the way that I believe they're going to get that done. They've had some really ugly losses, and that makes it easy for you to feel down on them. But they are going to win the AFC South. There are 28 or 29 other NFL franchises that would trade places with them. They're in the middle of their fifth winning season in a row. They went to the AFC Championship game last year. I think they have what it takes to get there again. Um, show some pride. Be happy. Be proud. Celebrate the division title. Uh, and get ready for the playoffs. Well, you better hope they don't blow it after that speech you just gave. <laughs> Put me on for, you know, there's a J.J. Watt-like speech. Sorry, J.J. I got in the mood to give a J.J.-like speech 
but no, I, I do think they're going to win the division. I'll be quite shocked if they don't. And if they don't, you can tag this clip. Bring up the audio. Tag me on Twitter. Freezing cold, old takes, whatever it is. Tag me on there. Go crazy. I'll be shocked if the Titans don't win the division. That's what I'm talking about. Titans, AFC South. All they have to do is win and they're in. They're going to get the four seed if they get that victory. That's all it takes. So we're going to count on it. And we'll be back next week to preview the first round of the playoffs or or the offseason. But that's, like I said, very unlikely. Most, most definitely, almost, almost definitely, we will be previewing the first round of the playoffs when we come back. Be sure to check out broadwaysportsmedia.com for all your Titans and Nashville sports area coverage. This has been... Music City Audible, presented by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. You can follow us on Twitter. Find Justin at Justin M underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. Until next week, tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media production.